Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Sounding good, having a good time. I remember thinking maybe New York isn't the kind of city anymore that produces iconic bands. The Strokes launched a fireball. Started playing New York a year ago. We've been tearing stuff up. A lot of people quit their jobs and just were like, I'm going to play music full time. We felt like we were going to take over the world. People went crazy for it. Suddenly, there were bands everywhere. It all happened so fast. We're ready. Right, team? Go, team. Julian was telling me how scared he was. Things were never going to be normal for him again. a woman fronting a rock band. I was sensationalized. There was a lot of tension in the studio. He said, you really don't want people to hear this. But I've lived in fear my whole life, and I had nothing to lose. You could feel the love from the community. You could fail, and it didn't matter. It was about freedom. It became our home. Those years were the, the big bang of my life. You guys want to be in a documentary? Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 510. Releasing March 16 in Australian cinemas is Meet Me in the Bathroom, a documentary that looks back at the New York rock scene of the early 2000s, in which bands like The Strokes, Yeah Yeah Yeahs, and LCD Sound System brought rock back into the mainstream and kickstarted a music and cultural revolution. And joining me now on the podcast are the directors of Meet Me in the Bathroom, Will Lovelace and Dylan Southern. Will and Dylan, I thank you so very much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Bye. So, Will, I'm going to ask you first. So um, this documentary, of course, is based on the book by Lizzie Goldman, the 2017 book. Um, and from I read in my research that you two actually got a chance to have a read a copy of the book before it was even published. Is this true? And even... At that moment, did you know that this will be the type of uh, book that you think would get the film treatment by you two? Yeah, we we both, well, Dylan, I think, read it first, and then I read it, you know, pretty quickly after that, um, just before it had been released in the UK. And we both sort of fell in love with the book. It's such a kind of page turner, you know, it, and we thought straight away you could make, an interesting documentary here because you've got all of these different 
all of these different characters and it's and at points it's it's when you first read the book you just realize you've turned 70 pages and you're into the next scene and you want to keep finding the next part of of the story and and the characters felt brilliant and and i think what um fascinated us most was the start of that of the book really the first third or first quarter of the book where it talks about the sort of early days of those bands as they come together in in new york and that was a bit that we, we were most interested in and thought could make a really interesting documentary dylan the book itself is like over 600 pages it chronicles a decade in music from like i feel like 2001 2011 um at first is it true that you both were thinking four-part series like tv series to kind of cover like everything that was in the book and if that was the case what was the decision to kind of transition back to like more of a feature film as opposed to a series yeah i mean our first instinct was a four-part series um it, we still probably wouldn't have covered the full decade of the book uh, we were always just more interested in that that um that sort of origin stories of the band in the first three years because mm. that feels like when the scene burnt the brightest but yeah we wanted our instinct was a, a series because you know there's so much granular detail in the book and there's so many really great stories and anecdotal things that really bring that time to life um we pitched it around and we had lots of interest but ultimately it was a little bit before there'd been any document you know it was before the um the dr dre documentary and things like that and um places that we pitched it to were, were were kind of like we love it but we don't know if it's too niche or if or if you know the amount of money it would cost to make a four-part archival documentary could be covered so we kind of went back to the drawing board um you know because it was a story that we really wanted to tell we got excited about it being a, a feature doc and and you know, whereas the book is, you know, it's a heavy tome. It's, I think it's 800 pages long. And, it, mm. you know, we knew we could never go into that kind of forensic detail. But what we could do is lean into what films do really well, which is to actually bring a time and place to life. So very early on, we were like, this has to be an archival film. Can't be any talking heads. And it, we have to create a kind of time capsule that situates people in New York at the turn of the millennium and lets the story unfold. Um, so, yeah, we, we were just really excited about, you know, the book does what the book can do, but let's try and make a companion piece. Let's make a film that does what, what the book can't do because it's a film. Well, um, just talking in regards to that kind of like um, time capsule uh, in kind of like a, you know, when I watch the movie, it kind of reminds me in, in sort of ways like a scrapbook, like a collage. It kind of looks like you're going through like the years and doing so. Um, and it has like 57 minutes, I think, of like archive footage that people haven't seen before as well. When it came to the um, editing aspect of the movie, how you wanted to piece it together, did you always know that that was how you guys wanted to put it together? I know you didn't want to have talking heads, but the visual element of it was that scrapbook kind of time capsule kind of notion of it, almost kind of like in a kind of and like a, like a scuzzy kind of way to kind of like I, I think match the attributes of the bands themselves. So that's something that always like stuck to the forefront of, of you both, you and Dylan, when it comes to the visual aspect of the film. Yeah, I mean, when we were, when we were kind of developing the idea, it, all of the material that we could find on you know on YouTube or whatever we knew existed, 
had that quality to it that kind of mini dv you know pretty lo-fi uh quality and and we love the aesthetic of it um even if we might not have loved it when we were making stuff ourselves on those camera formats back in back in the day but yeah we, we sort of we we wanted to embrace that you know the the feel of it because i think that's what makes it really put you puts you in a place makes it feel like what it felt like 20 years ago um in terms of the editing it was i mean we started the edit and about a week later covid lockdown happened in, in mm. you know in the uk and, and everywhere else in the world and and so that was a real challenge having su- a small amount of material to start with um at that point and knowing what we were looking for but not knowing exactly what existed that that became like a, a huge what well, became uh our entire lockdown really like going on message boards um reaching out to photographers and people with video cameras and whoever journalists and whoever it might be to to help us find the material that we sort of hoped existed <clears throat> you know dylan i remember that time when when um last night first came out that the stroke song that really kind of broke him in and you know I'm a heavy metal fan, so a lot of the music that I listened to back then and still do now is very much underground and such. But when it came to the mainstream music scene of, of that early 2000s, I remember it being very dance-dominant and hip-hop-dominant as well. It seemed like the guitar itself wasn't really the prominent kind of like instrument uh, at all whatsoever. Is that how you kind of remember that time as well, that the guitar? I, I wouldn't say that was on the way out, but it definitely seemed like that it was on sabbatical for a little bit of time then would you say definitely yeah I, th- I feel like there was you know there's great stuff happening in other genres hip-hop you know electronic music but there was a sort of cultural vacuum in terms of guitar music at the end of the 90s early 2000s you know there was all that kind of pop punk stuff happening you know, Limp mm, Bizkit, that's right that yeah kind of stuff, you know which to my taste is dreadful but um you know there, there just wasn't something needed to happen and i i feel like you know one of the the sort of things that was very apparent was that the british press were very british music press were very influential like they really needed a scene to get behind and when they noticed this you know stuff happening in new york that was very much became their focus and you know i remember when last night came out as well it was like everywhere mm. you know completely out of nowhere suddenly you were just seeing and hearing this band who were who seemed to arrive like fully formed and you know had a very their aesthetic kind of connected them to the music of new york's past but they also sounded fresh in that moment the matt's movie reviews podcast is brought to you by t public Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Public is sure to have something you'll love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon. The world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, 
request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. You know, Will, it's really interesting how, so you had the book that came out in 2017, which wasn't really that long ago. And you have many of the same people who participated in, you know, talking, you know, to, to Lizzie in regards to the book. And, and they also participated in, in talking to, you know, in a documentary as well. Of course, you know, film is a different art form, different form of storytelling, but you're dealing with the same source material, right? When it came to reintroducing uh, the, the members of these bands and other people or figures of that time into talking about this, these stories again. Did there, Was there any type of kind of, um, I don't know if I say the word backlash as well, was there any kind of, you know, from some of them being there kind of done that kind of attitude in regards to it? And did it take some coaxing and getting people, you know, to to realise this is a different beast altogether, we are making a different kind of art, art here, even though it's dealing with the same, um, same kind of uh, stories and same memories? Well, yeah, I mean, what we what we were really keen to do with the film was to make it this sort of time capsule idea that it was, you know, it was people from that time talking about their experiences of that moment. And the majority of what you hear in the film is people talking back then. It's from interviews with journalists, from, you know, interviews on the television, interviews on radio. So we were very keen to construct the film from from interviews you know from the early 2000s where possible and and that's where you hear that kind of contrast in terms of audio qualities and you know there's a quite a sort of um scuzzy feel to some of the the recordings which which we actually loved um we we also did a bit of um new interviews with with some of the some of the characters in the film to fill in gaps to you know where we didn't necessarily have all all of the exactly what we needed for, for the you know, to tell the story we were telling, really. Um, and, and lots of the artists were were generous with their time, both giving us material and, you know, doing new interviews where we needed it, really. There was a bit of diplomacy involved as well, though, because there were some who, like you say, were like, you know, been there, done that, we've talked about it. So so we, we had a period where we would sort of had to kind of persuade a, a couple of the artists that it, it, it was a different beast you know the whole time capsule element really does bring about a sense of nostalgia when i was watching the film because i remember when like i said when last um, night came out and all the, and a lot of other music from those bands as well and the two things that came to mind i remember when i first heard that song i was sitting in the pub and i put smoke inside the pub this is back in the day when i was smoking right i don't smoke anymore but back then i did and i remember also during that time that i didn't have one of these things, you know, I didn't have yep. a phone. So I pretty much quit one bad habit and picked up another one, right? Um, does the whole sense of a time before the mobile phone explosion, social media, streaming, all that kind of stuff, to me, it, it kind of brings back a sense of almost like a, of purity. And I don't know if you actually call them pure times, but as compared to maybe today and the distractions we have in the whole kind of uh, internet realm and the digital realm, do you did you guys feel that same sense of kind of like, back then there was a almost kind of purity not only in the artistic expression but also in just the environment as a whole in that it was just about the music coming to us through traditional means we absorbed it that way and there was nothing else to distract us from what we were listening to or watching yeah i mean that was a big draw of of the story was the time and place that it that it happened in um 
And I think there is a weird kind of innocence back then. You know, when we first started looking at it, it, it still felt like uh, yesterday to me. And then you mm. suddenly realize, oh, Jesus, this is 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. And, I get um, it every day. No worries. <laughs> and, uh, but a big thing was, you know, there was a review in The Guardian in England of the book, which said, which described this whole scene as a flashbulb moment before everything changed. Right. Yeah. And it really felt like that to us that, you know, back in 99, 2000, nobody had a clue how much the world was going to change, you know, technologically, culturally, politically. We didn't know what was coming. And a big part of this was to kind of capture that innocence and capture that kind of the cusp of everything changing. And, you know, it's there in the sort of DIY way the bands promote themselves to begin with, you know, sending out demos and, and you know, yeah, CDs in sealed envelopes and making their own flyers and, you know, getting out on the street and promoting themselves. And it's there in the fact that nobody's performing, you know, when we've got these, this archive of, people they're not used to having phones filming everything they do and everything they eat and you know so there's a there's a sense of like honesty to that archive footage that I don't feel like you get today and then another big question for us was given how much the world has changed how the way that people consume music and make music has changed like a big question we had in our head all the way through was um could a could a music scene ever emerge as organically in a single location as it did then? Was that the last time it will happen? Mm. Obviously, things things are always going to happen, but they're going to emerge in different ways now. And part of our interest in the story was, you know, could this moment ever ever happen again? And I, I, I don't think it could. I, I, I think, you know stuff will happen online that we're too old to 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 be part of you know now but and now will you know i don't know about you but back then was a really big time of physical media as well you bought you bought your music right you had the product in your hand and i guess in some cases these days it's still around like vinyls come back in a really big way but a lot of it is streaming as well are you still a big uh, physical media fan because i know i am i I remember actually uh, buying a CD not long ago and I kind of, the, the 20-year-old behind the counter kind of looked at me like I was from another planet, you know. She's like, you don't stream this? So I was like, hmm. I like the music cover. I like reading the lyrics, you know. Were you also, and are you still a big fan of the physical media as opposed to like the more digital stuff? I am, but I'm afraid I, I'm, uh, I've, am i you know, joined the joined everyone else in, in buying stuff online. You know, I, I mean, I think that's just that's another detail that makes this so interesting that it's like it feels like a, a completely different time it just mm. feels like so long ago both all of the stuff dylan was talking about there and the the physical media element of it as well that people aren't you know people don't listen to music in the same way as they did before it's songs now rather than albums it's like you know it's just it's it's so different and i think that's yeah so yeah uh i'm afraid i'm uh dylan dylan's the one you should speak to about that he's still buying vinyl i still buy dvds yeah me too uh, yeah me too yeah i actually sold my entire dvd collection in the early 2000 no in the early 2010s i think and then somehow i've got gradually 
bought them all back again <laughs> and i buy vinyl um yeah i'm addicted to to physical media i don't think that'll ever change yeah i'm the same and you know when i was watching meet me in a bathroom it was a, it was a movie that it's a, a great movie that had great tunes it took me back to a good place you know and i really appreciated that and for everyone listening march 16 in australian cinemas do check out meet me in the bathroom watch it in the cinemas uh you know talking about the old school way don't wait for streaming watch it in the cinemas Get that soundtrack going. Watch that great um, collage of images, that no- notebook, that time capsule on the biggest screen as possible. And uh, we all and Dylan, I thank you both very much for your time today. Congratulations with the film and best of luck with the film's release. It's a, it's a really great job here now, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Matthew. Thank you. Thanks a lot.